Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 59, Stretches and Exercises for Writers, an interview with Bonnie DePew, coming to you on Thursday, May 3rd, 2018. You may remember that last Thursday, Bonnie was with us, giving us some ideas on how we can help our body feed our creativity, which as writers is something we all would be really excited about. So this week, she's giving us some more specific ideas about particular stretches and exercises that will help us to keep our bodies in pretty good shape while we are doing an awful lot of sitting and typing. I hope that you actually uh, write down the exercises that Bonnie talks about. know it's something that I need to do. I need to write them down. And then even more than that, I need to do them. So let's all just commit to each other that we are going to do more of these stretches and exercises, whatever ones are going to be best for you. You know, there's a disclaimer at the beginning, make sure that you're using your own common sense and your own, uh, health guides, um, to make sure that you're, doing what's best for you, because it won't be the same for every single person. But it is important that we all just choose to commit (laughs) to doing more good, healthy things for us, because the better we take care of our body, as Bonnie was talking about uh, last week, the more we'll find uh, additional creativity, more energy, better cognitive brain function. These are all super important things for anybody, but definitely for anybody who is using what's inside their head as most of what they're doing with their life and their livelihood. So we'll all make sure that we work on this together. I hope that you love the interview. I thought it was super helpful. I also wanted to let you know, thank you everyone for telling your friends about the podcast. I'm really seeing some big leaps in the uh, audience size. It's very exciting to me. And it's also helpful because um, the more that other people hear about it and then they tell their friends and they tell their friends, the audience expands and grows. Um, More people who want to be on the podcast as guests. And that's always good for all of us because then we can all learn more. Um, When I find more and more cool, wonderful people who are willing to share their information with us. So thank you. Thank you. Now it would be a big help to me and particularly more importantly, the people who are just browsing through lists of podcasts. If you could go and leave an iTunes review for this podcast, that would be great. It will help other people to know whether or not this is the sort of thing that they would enjoy, if they'd get stuff out of it, if it's helpful to them by knowing whether or not you enjoy it, whether or not you find that it's helpful. So if you would, thank you so much in advance. Um, iTunes is probably the best, easiest place to leave a review, but you can probably leave a review on um, any of the sites for the app that you choose to use for listening to podcasts. Also, for everyone who is wondering about my life in Malmo, Sweden, I am on week three now, so two and a half weeks in, and it is still awesome. I still have tons of paperwork. Oh, the joy of paperwork. I can't say that with any kind of straight face. I am so over doing paperwork, but I still have more to do. So um, this week I'm hoping to work on um, the editing of episode one of Two Americans in Malmo, which will be on my YouTube channel soon. And then um, I'll be editing episode two, and then we still need to record episode three before we get too far into our third week here. Uh, We are going to Copenhagen this weekend for our anniversary. We'll be married 28 years on May 5th. And the the bigger that number grows, the younger and younger that John says we were when we got married. So yes, we were young. We were still in college, hadn't even graduated from college yet, but still, holy cow. I mean, what, what have you done in your life for 28 years? It just seems like a ginormous number. So anyway, it's going to be very fun. Um, we've only been to Copenhagen to fly in and out of the airport. So we'll, we'll get to see things and do things and maybe we'll eat something new and different. I don't know, but we're very excited. So I will um, keep letting you know more about when Two Americans in Malmo will be on the YouTube channel, but uh, it is coming soon to the Kitty Buholtz YouTube channel. So, and, um, I do apologize again for everybody who prefers to watch, um, the podcast on YouTube because this episode just, I couldn't record it on, um, 
on video. And also, Bonnie and I sound so calm and relaxed and we're talking slowly. I was like, what was going on when we were recording this interview? Oh yeah, I remember. It was Easter weekend. We were eating a lot. We were relaxing and there were people in the next room that we were trying not to annoy while they were watching TV and we were recording the podcast. So um, I hope that our calm, relaxed attitude only makes you feel calm and not sleepy. If you feel sleepy, do not drive while listening to this podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, um, I hope you have a fabulous week. I will tell you more about things that are going on in my life as soon as I can get that Two Americans in Malmo uh, YouTube show up. And uh, also, I'll let you know when we have the blog up. Um, So many people are so interested in all the things that we're doing and learning, and it's very exciting. But this is about writing. We're talking about writing and writing now. So also be thinking about that. Think about the name of the podcast. What are you writing now? And how can I encourage you? Let me know. I'd love to know how I can encourage you more. Listen, I have got some really great guests coming up over the next few weeks. You're going to be very excited. I will tell you more about that in the next couple of episodes. And if it is sunny and beautiful where you are, as it is where I am in Malmo, it's a bit cold, but it is sunny and beautiful. I hope you have an absolutely fabulous day. Get outside and get some fresh air. Remember what Bonnie said last week. That will help us too with our cognitive function and our creativity. All right, I'll talk to you more later. Here's the show. Today's guest is Bonnie DePew, an occupational therapist and founder of Chum Therapeutic Writing. Bonnie was with us last week talking about a whole bunch of things having to do with ergonomics and creativity and our health. And today we're going to continue that with talking about very specific exercises or stretchers stretches that writers can do to make sure that they are at their optimum. So welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. And we will avoid the stretchers if you don't mind. I think that's a good idea. Your goal is to help people not be on stretchers. Exactly. (laughs) Excellent. Well, listen, I know we need to start with some disclaimers, right? Yes. Um, So when people, you know, talk about exercise, etc., it's important to remember your own personal health versus what somebody says on some podcast somewhere and recognize your own personal needs. You need to talk to the doctor if you have issues, if you have pre-existing conditions. This is not a prescription. This is not me saying you need you, whoever you might be, need to go do this. Um, This is suggestions from one health professional to the general population. And that always must be superseded by your own medical personnel and or common sense in your own personal situation. So Excellent. I like it. All right. Well, with all that being said, let's start with the sorts of things that writers are usually thinking of first. Oh, my neck hurts. My shoulders are tight. My hands or fingers are tingly. That's probably what you would hear first from somebody who sits at a computer all day. Okay. And and as we said last week, we want to make sure we're talking about, you know, a lot of people throw out conditions that they've heard somebody else say. So that whole Um, carpal tunnel, median nerve, brachial plexus, impingement syndrome, each one of those is something significantly different. And so it's important, again, that we're looking at um, as we're doing our stretches or if we're feeling tingling or any form of paresthesis um, or that numbing paralytic kind of feeling, and that's significant, and we want to step beyond just, oh, Bonnie said. So, (laughs) um, but... Always, any time that you're doing any activity for a prolonged period of time, you need to schedule in stretch breaks. Um, Someone who sits in front of a computer all day long still needs to have, when they talk about, you know, at work I have an eight-hour work day and I have 15-minute breaks every two hours, um, you might want to up that up because you are in a sustained position and that's where those injuries happen in repetitive stress injuries. So you guys are not immune to that by virtue of what you do. Um, I know a lot of people like to to, um, type or write in their favorite comfy position and comfy positions are not necessarily ergonomically friendly, um, especially for higher creative function um, to get that creative mind working if we're sitting in that super comfy place to the point where our b- brain starts getting a little mushy, we need to change that. Oh, so, okay. 
so as we go into the whole thing about neck and, and shoulders and, and arms and you know our back, we need to talk also about where you're sitting and what are you doing. And then you talked, um, we spoke earlier about the stretches versus strengthening. And I want to make sure that we talk about that today in that we'll go over stretches and then we'll talk about strengthening as well. Because it's not enough that you stretch and then think, oh, posture for like the first 10 minutes when you go back to the computer right. and then you get on a roll and you forget posture for the next three hours and then you can't move and someone else has to fix you dinner, which is a lovely luxury, but it's kind of obnoxious in terms of your own health and welfare within your life. This so, is amazing. It's like you had a video camera in my house. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> hey, I because we all this do morning. this. Yes, we all do this. So it's going to be really important that... Um, you know, nothing wrong with having a little egg timer sitting next to your workstation and going, okay, and an hour I'm going to, and yes, it's not going to kill you to take five minutes to walk away. And you're going to have to just say, I need to do this for my own. And you'll be amazed that it should change the quality of what you're doing because you're adding sensory input like we spoke about last week and you're adding posture you're adding some um, ability to add to change where your cognitive function is and bring it to a higher level and so you know don't see that as a bad thing to step away from things for all of three minutes okay so um, all your basic your neck you know slow neck no fast neck twists around this is not about cracking anything that is not my profession um, nor should it be yours <laughs> right. um, so slow neck rotations you know to each side up and down side to side um, shoulder rolls, you know, all the basics, just the, the opportunity to open up your pecs, especially for all of us who tend to sit where we collapse around our front, okay, and don't bring our shoulders back. There's some really easy things you can do, whether you go to the doorway and you have both hands, one hand on each side of the doorframe, and you lean your body through the doorframe where you feel the pull in the muscles in the front of your chest, okay? Those are your pectoral muscles. And getting those to work so that you stretch those out. And then doing exercises for those would be something, anything from, you can take a like a handball or a tennis ball and put okay. it in a tube sack, drop the tube sack behind your back and feel your shoulder blades squeeze the ball where you're isolating like rhomboids and trapezius muscles simply to think about if you could close your eyes and concentrate on squeezing the shoulder blades together drawing them down and back and they would squeeze the ball okay okay and that's an isolating um muscle strengthening moment and that's really where you want to be this is not about doing push-ups on the floor not that anybody particularly likes that some people do um, i've been working on it but i can still only do like up to 17 push-ups on my knees. So I'm like, this is not going very quickly. Well, and then there's those of us who've had, you know, I've had three th shoulder surgeries. So push-ups is not something that I do. But I would rather do isolated muscle strengthening. And that's something that I don't have to set aside, you know, a 30-minute video on, you know, some fast-paced, you know, high Falutin exercise thing right. that sounds really good and about the third week into this you're like i hate this yeah yeah no i can take that ball and do some squeezes behind my you know behind my back with my shoulder blades and i'm working those muscles isolating specifically what i need done okay um the foam roller i have a 36 inch long six inch round foam tube that I use that's a great pec stretch. I lay on it, so I lay from my tailbone to my neck on this thing. Goes the whole length of my spine. I let my arms go straight out to my side and dangle. And so because I'm six inches off the floor, I get this huge pec stretch. It's also an opportunity as I'll kind of roll down it, meaning I'll start sitting on it and roll back till I'm laying on it and then come back up again. Okay. It's a great way to work my abs, but it's also kind of an alignment thing, you know, to a very basic level of I'm getting my back straight down this roller. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's just a really good thing. And we'll talk about where to find more information on foam rollers and that sort of thing thing um there's a couple of stretches that are real uh classic kind of ot stretches that we do for things like median nerves and impingement and one of them um you want to think about having you know when you turn your hand palm up uh like you're carrying a platter okay and bring your hand to your sternum or to your breastbone right in front of you with your palm up and then you're going to extend that arm straight out to the side 
straight out. Um, and then you're going to drop that platter. You're going to let your, your wrist bend as if you just let the platter slid, slide off your hand. When you do that, you also want to tip your head, not turning your head, but looking straight ahead, tip your head away from that side. You should feel a stretch from your neck all the way down that arm. And that's a really good one for anybody who's on the keyboard, who's doing handwriting, anybody who paints, that's a really good one. Anytime you're doing small, really fine motor manipulation, which is all of those things and many more, um, that tends to get you into that pen uh, potential of having that impingement there. Right. So that's a really good stretch for both the median nerve as well as a, uh, an impingement issue up in the shoulders and brachial plexus area. And do um, you do both arms? Or I guess you can't do them at the same time. You do not one Not at arm. the same time, but you can do one. Yep. And just do those stretches periodically. Um, doing that straight arm in front of you where you bend with the other hand, you bend the wrist so that you're um, pulling the hand into that hyperextension um, fingers towards back towards the arm uh, where you're bending and you can do that both palm up and palm down but you're really stretching those muscles because there's so many little tiny muscles in the hand um, taking a minute and just doing a, a hand massage for yourself you know you can take your thumb and work through that that fatty part of um, your thumb pad in your palm that the yeah. thinar eminence that, that gets hurts. cramps uh, a lot so working on that that's a great one for you and that just takes a few minutes um, so those are great exercises to work on the upper extremity, um, things that you can do for stretching. And then again, back to the exercise moment when I'm laying on the foam roller and I can just get out of my chair, go lay on the foam roller for a few minutes. I've stretched out and now I can take that, do that same shoulder, shoulder blade squeeze on the foam roller. So I'm working oh. those rhomboids once again, um, there's a, a super easy one. Don't have to buy weights or anything. Your basic soup can is a one-pound weight. You can get a soup can for each hand. Um, you can lay on that roller, um, and you can work arm circles with that one-pound soup can in your hand. All right. Um, you can lay face down on the floor, and some people like to lay on the roller so it gets their face up off the floor. Um, but you can lay face down, and then... You're simply you've got your arms straight out to the side, or you can put them at 90 degrees holding onto that soup can, and you're using your shoulder muscles and your upper muscle, back muscles to, to lift that soup can up higher. Does that oh, make sense? Yeah. So, so you're, you're laying on your stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, so your hands on the soup cans mm -hmm. on, on the floor, and you're just raising your arms off the floor? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can start out, and then the step up from that would be, you're up off the floor, you have the soup can, and your arms are the same level as your body, not laying on the floor, and you go higher from that. So you're moving okay. above the body's plane, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Um, those are just really simple. Don't have to invest in anything really here. Um, and as far as that foam roller, not only are you using it, um, one piece of equipment for multiple exercises and stretches, but if you have a tendency um, to have maybe tight hip, hip muscles or um, the IT band that runs down the outside of your thigh to your knee um, struggles with that from other issues, um, what, they'll use the roller. Literally, you're kneading out the knots within the muscles. And so you can lay on it on your side and start from your hip and just literally roll your body across this roller back and forth. And... Um, as the roller rolls under you, it needs those muscles and kind of pushes out some of the knots and stuff. So it's just another, there's so many opportunities to use it. Now that's something that I started using after I started running and then I would feel this pain and the guy is like, yeah, you just need to stretch the, out this section of your leg. And then, oh my gosh, it was so much better. But, uh, then I didn't do it for a really long time. Then it hurt a lot when I was doing it. So is this the sort of thing where, um, like don't work and I'm not talking about somebody who has an injury I'm talking about just uh, tight muscles mm -hmm. when you're rolling on them the fact that it hurts more at first probably I should just 
keep on going and roll it out more until I, I never knew like how much to do or when right. to stop. And, and that's, that's kind of where as a therapist, we kind of get into this catch 22. Everybody wants a prescription. They want, well, how many times should I do this? How long, how many minutes? That's very individual. You can't just do this for five times for 20 minutes. You know, no, no. Um, it's very individual and everybody's pain tolerance is very, very different. Now, um, I don't take things to screeching pain. That's just not a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I will push through those tight muscles to a point. And you so have to know what that point is. But if you do it once and then you go, oh, I'm good, and you don't do it for another month, odds are it's probably going to be sore the next time. But right. if you can do smaller versions to start out with and then get deeper as needed and then it stops being so painful because you're working it out um it doesn't take a lot of time and that's again most of us it all sounds so good but when it comes down to real life and kids and jobs and family and animals and things that pull at us all the time to find even 20 minutes to exercise a full routine most of us can't find that or make that happen in our day so this isn't something, each one of these things, you can pick, all right, so right now before I start my writing, I'm going to do some shoulder um, stretches, and then I'm going to work on some strengthening with my rhomboids. Um, maybe in my halfway point, I'm going to do a little bit of ab work or a little bit of core strengthening work. Maybe at the end of, you know, okay, I've got five minutes after putting everything away before the family hits the door. I'm going to make sure I lay on both sides of my hips, one on each, you know, once on each side with the, the foam roller. Little things. You don't have yeah. to make it a big routine because that doesn't exist for most of us. And, it and sounds then people like don't do it. <laughs> right. And it, it sounds like when you were saying it doesn't have to be, you know, 50 of these or 20 minutes of this. Right. It sounds like what you're saying is listen to your own body. And exactly. Use your own common yep. sense. Common okay. sense. Yep. Exactly. And how you re, um, react to each of these um, as to how often. And you'll find then if you're truly listening, your body will crave certain things and then you'll listen to it, ideally, and go to the correct craving. You know, your body will, you'll be sitting there and it'll go, you know, that foam roller sounds really good right about now. And you either say yes or no. I mean, it comes down to choices. Um, when those questions come up, it might be a good moment to say sure body i'll do that for you, you know? <laughs> yeah so um and that kind of takes us to the ball opportunities okay and so we've talked about the upper extremity and we we want to go um to the core the core is a huge piece when we think about from a developmental standpoint and i think i mentioned this last week was that we develop even as children we develop proximal to distal from our core outward so when you see that's children, what proximal to distal means. Yes. Okay. Um, proximal to distal from from near to far. Okay? okay. So from our core outward. So when you see children sitting at a uh, desk in school and they've got their feet wrapped around the legs of the chair and they're kind of half laying on the table and they've got a really funny grip on their pen and their head is sort of on their arm and that's how they're writing and they're fatigued and struggling getting one or two paragraphs out. It's because their whole core has not been well developed. Um, we're seeing a lot of that. And so if the core isn't developed, then our handwriting isn't as developed. Wow. Well, fine motor is fine motor. If your core is poor, odds are then your ergonomics are going to be poor because your body isn't in a position to have a strong posture. And so it's going to adopt whatever natural, slouchy, poor posture, going to give you a headache moment later, um, position. So when, if you can work on your core while you're writing, how cool would that be? So that's where that ball comes in. You know, okay. if you can just say, instead of using a chair, I'm going to use this ball. I'm going to sit on the ball. Um, you get stuck for a thought, start bouncing on the ball or rock back and forth. I know that sounds silly, but that whole concept of sensory processing, you're feeding that. That's just another strategy. And you'll be amazed at how quickly you'll use that strategy. So as you're sitting on the ball, while you're sitting on the ball, think core. Okay, well, what can I do for my core while I'm doing this? So what if I um, just kind of do little tiny mini crunches with my gut? Okay, so I'm going to kind of tip my pelvis back and let my stomach muscles tighten up. And when I do each one of those, it rocks the ball just a little bit. So now I'm going to do an anterior posterior or forward and back tilt with my pelvis. I'm going to roll the ball forward. I'm going to send it back. I'm going to roll it forward. I'm controlling both directions of that pelvic tilt, which is core stability. 
Okay. Okay. And so then you take that to a side to side. Okay. So I'm going to stretch out my sides. No one thinks about their sides. Their poor sides are so mutilated. <laughs> okay. So let's roll the ball to the side. I'm going to get long on one side and short on the other set of ribs. We're going to go the other way. Oh, I'm going to collapse on that side and stretch out on the other. Because most of us have a tendency to sit stronger on one butt cheek than the other. Whether yeah. it's when we're driving or when we find our comfy spot, we tend to do that and then that collapses the ribs on one side so then our whole posture goes (laughs) well that explains why uh, i mean possibly uh depending on how your body fits in this driver's side seat of your car Mm -hmm. and where your leg and your arms connect i've noticed that i have to kind of sit on my right side to get my right foot to be in the right position for the gas and brake and otherwise i I feel like I, i don't have my foot in the right place and you may need to adjust your seat. We all think, oh, this is better. But then we might really just need to pull our seat up a little better or push it back more. Okay. We a lot of times get into this thought of this is where it should be for our comfort. And then things change. We change. Holding patterns change. Injuries happen. Things like that. And what we might need to do is simply change our seat for a while. And huh. what if you changed it every month and you made it go back a little bit for you might work on your posture that way inadvertently, not even realizing it, and take yourself out of old bad holding patterns because you're making your body create new postural strategies. Yeah. So if I'm creating new postural strategies, the implication is new muscles are working, others are maybe getting a break. Yeah. So, you know, that could be an exercise without even knowing an exercise. Oh, my gosh, we just thought of something new. How cool is that? (laughs) The next million dollars you make there, Kitty. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Okay. So, um, and then taking that whole ball thing to the next level is just sitting there and you can, in your head, draw a figure eight that you expect your pelvis to follow. So your pelvis just does this figure eight on the ball. That's a whole nother level of, of core control. Okay. Um, And so utilizing the ball that way just by sitting. So there's one. When you're sitting on the ball, um, it is harder to slouch for long periods of time sitting on a ball versus in an office chair. It gives you an opportunity to wake up your muscles and work on your core. And in in between, you know, pages, it's like, okay, I wrote 40 pages. Hmm, now I'm thinking, while I'm thinking, I can sit here and dance with my ball, wiggle around. Hey, new idea, cool. And you start typing again. Yeah. Okay. Um, so So, uh, can I interrupt? Sure. One thing that we like to laugh about because everybody understands it and does it is that writers talk about how, oh yeah, it was definitely more important for me to vacuum or do the dishes today rather than write or, uh, and we kind of joke about it, but what we're kind of subconsciously saying too is I had to figure out what I wanted to say, or you get stuck and you're like, uh, there was a point at which John and I were fighting to see who would do the most dishes because there was just something about the menial activity. But it sounds like, um, let's just say I already took tw- a break 20 minutes ago. I don't need to get up and stretch, but I could sit on the ball and just move around mm-hmm. and get the same effect as if I was like, I need to go wash some dishes. Or- In theory, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everybody's sensory processing is different too. Um, and what you'll crave to do that activity with. But, you know, everything from, um, (laughs) there's a lot of opportunity here. So you could be sitting on the ball, and yes, the menial task of vacuuming allows you to clear your head and and really think. Sitting on the ball and just bouncing or just rocking, you know, some people like rocking chairs. Um, If you're an upper body person and while you're sitting on the ball bouncing, you want to have a piece of TheraBand tied to the leg of your table on each side and one arm is pulling and the other arm is pulling and you can can get an upper body workout while you're sitting there thinking and not having to do anything. This is great. You know, it's just, it's inexpensive stuff and you just tie it there and just like, okay, well, I'm just going to pull on this arm and pull on that arm and pull on this arm and pull on that arm and I'm bouncing up and down. I have the solution. I know how (laughs) the heroine's going to blah, blah, blah. There you go. You know, and that's your next great plot for the moment, you know? Um, So those are some opportunities to do that while you're in process. Now, when you go back to that menial task moment, you can also kind of look at, doing some of these exercises as your brain clearing moment. Um, So back to the ball, you can lay flat on the floor. Um, You can bring your, uh, bend your, your knees and your, um, your legs so that they're like at a 90 degree to your hips and your knees are bent at a 90 degree to your thigh. Um, Basically allowing your calves to rest on the ball. 
And in doing so, once you've got your calves resting on the ball, now this is going to sound a little easier than it is. That's why it's core building. <laughs> so the idea is that you lift your pelvis off the floor. And the idea is just doing like pelvic curls, not your whole back. Um, you're not trying to get your whole spine off the floor or clear to your neck. It's just a pelvic curl. So it's like mini tummy crunches. But in doing so, those those um, legs are keeping the ball from rolling from side to side. So you're stabilizing on an unstable piece of, of object, you know, the ball, right. um, for its potential to roll. So you're actually working a whole lot more than you realize in doing a very simple exercise there, okay? Um, you can take that and grade that to another level by taking like a child's 12-inch bouncy ball, put it between the knees, adopt the same position so your feet are off the floor, um, hold the ball between your knees so there's some squeezing going on there and go back to those tummy tucks or those pelvic lifts off the floor. The alternative um, or the the opposite version of that would be kind of a Pleiades move in that you're pushing your low back into the floor. So instead of always just doing the lifting up, now I'm going to be pushing. I'm going to use those uh, stomach muscles as if I'm going to try to push my belly button to my spine and cover the floor so that there's no gap in my back. Does that make sense? So yeah. You get rid of that arch in your back. And so that's an opposite you know, kind of thing. Um, and both of those can be handled in both of those positions. Um, standing up, maybe getting on the floor is not, not something that's easy for you to do. You can stand up, put the ball behind your back, and it can be done with either size ball um, behind your back. And um, you're basically leaning against the ball on the wall, so there's some help for stability if you struggle with stability. Um, but you can do some squats, and they don't have to be deep squats that are going to kill your knee. They can be a little squat at a time, um, but you can do some squats while you're rolling that ball up and down the wall. Now, not only are you working your legs there, but you're also working your core. Um, you want to think about that while you're doing this. It's like, okay, so suck in the gut for just a few minutes while you're doing this, you know? Okay. I was going to ask you, how is this working my core? I'm supposed to be thinking you about sucking yeah. my gut. Because if you're actually, you know, okay. otherwise we have a tendency to stick our butt out and back and tip our pelvis down. So you're pointing your belly button at the floor. Oh. Really bad bad posture so you want to just i mean we're only talking a couple of minutes here so for that couple of minutes suck in your gut roll the ball up and down the wall by doing little squats or deep squats or however you want it you can go sideways with it whatever you want to do but those are ways to work it as well um and by having that ball there you're actually working on pretty good postural control as well um you know you can always add TheraBand in there and just doing any resistance kind of thing, um, doing any isolated um, uh, muscle work like, say, you put your leg up against the table leg and you push into the table leg and then release and push into the table leg. You're not actually moving the um, joint. You're actually activating the muscles against some resistance, which would be the table leg. Um, but you're not actually making changes in the joint movement. It's still isolated muscle function, okay? okay. So you're str strengthening without having to do anything. You know, you're pushing against that table. You're pushing against that table. You're pushing. You do five of those. Well, guess what? You just did five isometric exercises, so there you go. Okay. So you could do this standing or sitting against any... Any object surface. that you're not going to be yep. able to shove over. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, you, we talked about the whole push-ups thing. You can lean against a wall and do wall push-ups. Um, oh, good. I, do I that. like those better. I do a lot of that with um, people who maybe I'm seeing in recovery from uh, um, the elderly or, or someone who's just had, you know, some sort of... Um, uh, orthopedic something or other going, we'll do wall push-ups. And so um, depending on how far away you are and what you do, how deep that push-up is going to be, how much challenge is it going to be based on how far your feet are from the wall, all of those things. And, and again, it helps the person who maybe isn't as spry as we used to be and has some maybe stability issues that getting on the floor is not an option. So how else can we help them? And so, again, we're thinking about sucking our gut. And mm -hmm. even though we're now a, a slight diagonal, um, don't have our butt sticking out. Exactly. Like, try to have a straight spine. Exactly. Okay. Yep, yep. This sounds easier than I thought it all would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, an exercise doesn't have to be, you know, someone yelling at you from the TV for 30 minutes. <gasps> I'm going right. to die here. Yeah, no, that's that's not really helping us. That, you know, and and this is not designed to be an ergonomic thing. This is purely strengthening 
breathing and stretching and develop good postural control. Um, one of the easiest things you can do, and people are so funny, they're like, well, it feels so silly to do it, but you're in your own house. Who cares? <laughs> so, and then take it outside and do it anyway. Um, if you look around you, go to the store, watch people walk down the street. You'll be amazed at how many people walk down into the ground. Their eyes, a lot of times, are cast down. They're, if you look at their body posture when they're walking, they're literally leaning forward from their center versus being upright. They're not engaging their strongest component, which is their butt muscles. They're leaning in front of themselves. So now they have to work harder not to let their body tip over because their body is literally in front of their own center of gravity. So they're walking down into the ground. So the impact when they walk is harder. It's harder on the muscles and joints. It's harder on... And they're certainly not engaging their core. And if you look at their pelvis, it's pointed down into the ground. So how simple is this to fix? March. Just march. And I'm not talking like you have to be a band director, but think about picking up your knees when you walk. So... Okay, so you clear the, for, the floor for four inches higher than, you know, the half an inch you scuff through your house. Four inches is not going to kill us, you know. But if you think about this, and even when you're sitting where you're sitting, if you are sitting in a chair and you march your legs up and down, okay? So you're working your, your quads to begin with. Well, sitting there marching, you're going to work your core as well. But when you lift your knees, doesn't it put you back on your pelvis? Right. Okay. Right, yeah. So if you're walking around and you're lifting your knees, you're putting your pelvis back into correct postural alignment and putting your whole balance back in your core, not tipped forward in front of you, waiting for your body to catch up and not let you fall. Oh, because you couldn't really march with your body tipped right. forward. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And so a simple, simple exercise is just to march. And you could do that while you're writing or watching TV. Or? You can do that anywhere. Yeah. Um, you can do it sitting and you can, funny thing, you can actually march sitting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just even from, from my perspective, you know, I'll have a long day at the barn and, and be exhausted and I'll hike up to the house and I'll think, Bonnie, you're like leaning forward into the ground. You need to pick up your body. And the simple thing of asking myself to march is so much more efficient. It's easier. I don't know why it's so hard to think about, <laughs> but it's so much physically easier for me to do to simply march up to the house than it is to lean forward and march down into the ground because I'm so tired to not pick up my legs. Interesting. Once you change your where your core is and where your center of gravity is, it's a much more efficient way to move. And it's not like you have to do it everywhere you go. And it's not like it's a normal gait pattern, but it's a great exercise gait pattern to get you back into what truly should be normal versus what we've adopted as normal. Interesting. So um, you know that I've been running the last few mm -hmm, years, mm -hmm. and a few times I'll be trying to do something that's either uh, working on my pace, uh, like to be a more even pace, or I want to be a little bit faster, or I'm just trying to get stronger so that the whole thing goes better and everything. I don't know who told me something about um, bringing my knees up more when I'm running, but the times that I can remember to do that, I don't understand why, but I feel slightly less tired and I'll be just a few seconds faster, you know, per mile. Because again, you're not leading with your chest. We tend to, we tend to lead through our life with our upper body and our chest and our center of gravity is pulled from our core, from our pelvis up into our chest. And now our body is in front of, okay? So right. now the muscles ha in the front of your body have to have to work very hard not to let you fall over with the muscles in the back of your body trying to hold you up from the back because you're already leaning forward in front of center of gravity. So now you're freeing by... By getting upright, st standing tall, yes. Now you free up those muscles to work more efficiently. And they're not working against you just to keep you from falling on your face. Okay, this is really cool. So then that lends to a whole other component. You know, a lot of people like to have um, music playing. or um, And you talk about probably something that's talked about very, very little um, is the concept that Everything in our body is related to rhythm. For every cell in your body, you know, if you look under a microscope, it has energy. A healthy cell should be moving. Right. Okay. So every cell has its own frequency of energy. And I think we spoke about this before. Um, it's an underused piece of, of training that all of us could do more with. 
um, having something that has a good rhythm to it. Um, even, um, you know, I know you, the tick-tack of a clock drives you nuts when you're trying to sleep. Yeah. But then the question begs, do you have good music playing in the background that has a good rhythm to it? or a metronome. I've known people to even use timers, just the, the tick-tock of a loud clock, because it helps helps them reset their own body's rhythm. Um, people who go out and work out, if they can work out to a particular rhythm. I'll give you an example. When I go work the horse in the barn, if I'm working on something specific that's going to really require him thinking and paying attention, and I want his best athletic um, attempts at what we're about to do, um, for myself as well, I love to ride to music that has a really good beat. And so I'll crank it up in there and I'm working hard and we actually have our best rides than when it's quiet. Um, Interesting. Cognitively, physically, we have, we're, we're most connected. Um, when we have that auditory rhythm around us, it re- I think it reminds us of the rhythm within us. And yeah. so I think... You know, I, I'd love to do more research on that, but it's one of those things that I would love to know. Gee, writers, does it help to have that, you know, quiet environment? Or would it, if you had just some subconscious rhythm-making noise in the background, little white noise with some rhythm, how would that affect things for you? Yeah. You know, you know um, I, neuroscience, I just geek out and uh, somebody showed me a new app which I will try very hard to put a link to it in the show notes Um, and it's brainwave music depending on whether or not you want your brain to focus relax or whatever and there's several choices so there's there's this uh, rhythmic frequency thing going on and then you can choose what noise goes over top of it so for instance I chose ocean waves Mm -hmm. so in the front of my mind, I'm thinking that I'm hearing ocean waves, but if I stop and think about it, I can hear that frequency underneath. And if I choose the right one, you know, there's one called espresso. I think mm-hmm. it's to help you really wake up and be very... Right, right, right. Yeah. But there's one that uh, was, I don't know, some sort of a sleepy time or whatever. And I was just testing it out to see whether or not sleepy time would really make me sleepy if I was just choosing it while I was writing. And I was like, yeah, this is not going to work for me for writing. <laughs> but I can't write to music that has words. And it just makes me wonder. So I, I have some of these apps. I have a subscription to Focus at Will, which mm-hmm. is more kind of brain music stuff. And again, you can choose the um, the speed of the rhythm of whatever you're listening to. But I'm just thinking um, for somebody like me, if I didn't have these things, if I were listening to music that really had a rhythm that made me uh, happy. Mm-hmm. I, and I was listening to that music on and off throughout the day, not during my writing time. Do you think that that would still help? I just think the rhythm possibly? in music is is incredibly therapeutic anytime. Yeah. So in between times, absolutely, you know. Yeah. Um, when you get up to do your stretching and walking around the house, take a moment, turn on your favorite songs, you know, crank them up. Um, and uh, let that be your moment. For me, it's worship songs, and once I crank those up, I'm just, I'm set. Yeah. I'm good to go. Um, And I think there's a huge benefit to utilizing that in your life. Um, The other thing, when we talk about uh, rhythm, you want to connect it to the concept of crossing midline. So when you're marching around the house, you can do, remember how they used to try to get you, can you pat your your head while you're rubbing your belly kind of thing. Well, this is not that complicated because that's a really struggle for me. (laughs) But if you're marching, you tap the opposite knee. So my right hand would tap my left knee when it came up and vice versa. Huge amount of research being done on the concept of brain gym and the idea of doing diagonal patterning in movement that activates the brain. Um, Everything from elementary school to um, corporations looking at taking 10 minutes doing brain gym exercises prior to the school day beginning or prior to the work day beginning or doing that on a break um, to fire up the brain. Um, brain gym is a really powerful opportunity too. So as we talked about these things like brain gym and the therapy ball exercises and the foam roller exercises, there are a lot of websites out there, a lot of YouTubes, um, some videos, some how-tos, printable uh, diagrams to do exercises so you don't have to necessarily buy the whole book. Um, there's a lot of opportunities out there to expand on some really basic, basic human nature. This is what your body's craving without buying, you know, the 
$2,000 gym set and right. that becomes then the clothing rack and the laundry <laughs> sorter, you know? Yeah. So, so um, I'm just thinking back to something else that you said. So the things that we, uh, of all the things that you've mentioned, and we're trying things and, and we like this or we don't like that or whatever, um, it may be the perfect situation where if you like doing this exercise, it's probably because your body wants you exactly, to do it. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. And, and it's funny, um, where you can pick and choose and, and I'm certainly not proponing, um, distracted driving, but I've been known to sit at, uh, stops, a stoplight and do tummy crunches while I'm sitting there or do shoulder, you know, um, drawing my shoulders together and doing some shoulder strengthening while I'm sitting there. Um, just taking the, that two-minute opportunity or 30-second opportunity, any opportunity, if I have that opportunity, I want to try to use it. If it's crossed my mind, I probably need to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, if it hasn't crossed my mind, I need to set a timer on my phone again. And it's like, oh, so, Bonnie, um, you know, if I'm complaining about I'm being I'm stiff, then I need to move. If I'm complaining about being sore, I need to stretch and I need to strengthen. Um, and it doesn't mean I need a gym membership to do something. Um, it, it doesn't mean it needs to be a 30 minute something, I, but I need to answer my body's call. Yeah. This is brilliant. I am so glad that we did this interview. Um, for people who are listening, uh, you probably, you may not realize that our interviews from between last week and this week are about four months apart. <laughs> Bonnie lost her voice the next day, so we couldn't uh, finish up the rest of what we wanted to talk about. But now here we are. We're actually uh, doing the interview at a time when I have been sitting like a stick in a chair, being very uncomfortable because I was like, no, I just have to get this work done. And I'm, I'm sitting across the table from Bonnie and thinking, my occupational therapist slash sister is probably thinking, are you even listening to the topic <laughs> that we're going to be talking about? But, you know, it, it, it is a habit. You know, yeah. we've spent so much time tuning out our own bodies. Most of us don't listen. You know, how many times have uh, you gotten a headache and you just go, oh, I got to I got to blow this one off. I don't have time to deal with this. You know, I got things to do and and you push through pain and and things get worse and worse. And then the worst case scenario is then we get tired and we get sore and we don't we don't get up. Yeah, You know, I'm too tired to get up. I'm too sore to get up. And then we just create a snowball effect on our bodies. Um, we need to move. Uh, life is movement. It's yeah. that simple. Okay, so let's say people like me who, you know, we know what our good habits should be, or maybe they used to be good habits, but now I just kind of need to start over. But I feel like I can't just do this 30 minutes a day. What's the short and sweet takeaway to just Okay, so start? Katie, I know you. So I know you're a list person and a note person. Post-its. Okay, oh. so stick post-its around. You're standing in front of the fridge. When there's a post-it on the handle. And the handle says, do 10 uh, shoulder squeezes. Right here, right now, 10. How long does that really take? That's fun. You know, how long would that take? Put post-its around the house. So you're standing in front of the mirror. Okay, do uh, 10 leg lifts to the side with your hand holding on to the countertop. So your hand's holding on to the vanity. You turn sideways to the vanity. You take your straight leg lift out to the side, and you do 10 of those, and then you turn around and do the other 10. Huh, well, there you go. I got that in. Now you go, ha, huh, I exercise, and off you go. I like this. But if you find those little notes around the house, they remind you to start some new habits. Yeah. Okay? Um, just little ones. It's like, shoulders back, girl. Okay, yeah. you know? Where's your where's your marching legs? Um, just little things. I mean, you can create little alarms on your phone. Go march around the house three times and come back and sit down. You know. So for people who are listening, just ask yourself, what's the way that you have been able to remember to do something, mm -hmm. uh, any kind of thing? What is your own personal strategies that worked in the past? Yeah. Yeah. And you're a list maker, and I can just see you with post-its around the house and everywhere really you go. Can. It's like, you know, oh, I'm standing at the kitchen stove. When I would do herd, he herd health, when I would do home health with um, my elderly, oftentimes, you know, you'd go visit somebody, and you'd give them a list of things they're supposed to do. And the next time I come back, I say, so how are those exercises coming? And she'd smile with the sweetest little old lady grin and go, they're just so much fun. And I see the TheraBand and the paper underneath a week's worth of knitting since the last <laughs> time I was there. I know she did not do them. Yeah. So um, at that time, I started doing more home-related things. It's like, okay, let's go in the kitchen. 
well, hey, I want your soup cans moved over here. So I want you to take, and I'll get five soup cans down, and I want her to put them on across her body with the opposite arm. So she's going a whole crossing midline thing, putting them up on another shelf, and then we'll put them away. Yeah. Well, if she goes in there and she gets into these the cans and she's like, oh, yeah, that Bonnie wanted me to do X, Y, and Z. And she might do five of them. Well, that's five more than she did when she wasn't doing them with the TheraBand. Right, you know? right. Those are, that's how you create new habits, a little bit at a time, that build up to a lot. Yeah. I love it. This is brilliant. Thank you so much You're for welcome. helping us. Now, uh, everybody's going to have to write some sort of comment back to me at some point in the next couple of months and let us know how much you've been doing what you've been doing so that we can tell Bonnie how helpful she was. And what your reminder strategies are, because those are always fun. It's like, how did you remember to change something? Yeah. What was the change? What was the voice in your head? Yeah. You know, it's like that there's something to be said for that uh, mantra of be the change you want to see. Right, right. I have to say that the most helpful thing that's worked for me because it continues. Um, the timer on my phone, once it beeps, I have to remember to restart mm-hmm. it again. But um, I bought something for running that actually works really well for this. I just haven't turned it on for a while, so now I should just do that one thing. Um, it's called Gym Boss, G-Y-M-B-O-S-S, and it's at gymboss.com. And it's like an egg timer or a kitchen timer, but you can set it to just be on continual repeat. So I had mine set for every 25 minutes it would beep at me, and then five minutes later it would beep at me. So I was stretching every twice every hour, mm-hmm. and it would just continue and continue for, I think it goes up to 99 times, which was you know more hours than so we have So here's your day, strategy so. now. Um, instead of stretching twice every hour, the first time is a stretch and the second time is a strengthen. That's because if good. you only stretch but never strengthen the posture, you've changed not much. You've helped with some pain issues, but you go back to the same old way. That is exactly how I feel. Like yeah. I'm doing you got to stop going back hurt. to the same old way. So oh. stretch the first time, strengthen the next time, stretch the next time, strengthen the next time alternate that so you get that moment in where you actually do five minutes of stretch of strengthening okay that's awesome thank you okay now everybody just know bonnie is my sister too so you know she's gonna come back and ask me how we did so everybody you gotta work with me here (laughs) bonnie thank you so much this is genuinely truly helpful good good well i look forward to hearing how things went with everybody great thank you have a good one hun. 